This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Thursday. And we have a very special show for you this evening. You may see me looking over here at the TV. We're going to be watching Tucker Carlson tonight. Tonight. As he's apparently going to have Rudy Giuliani on. A joint session of the Congress last night, if you saw it, and relatively few people did. No, but I don't care about your opinions on this. The confusing part started even before the speech began. It was the masks again. Everyone was wearing... So he's not even plugging Giuliani being on the show. Sitting right behind Joe Biden. That would be the Speaker of the House. So we'll check back in with Tucker later. Of course, we have plenty of news to get to. When Rudy Giuliani comes on, we're going to watch him incriminate himself live on national TV. If I was Tucker, I would certainly save it for the end. But I would also be plugging it up front. But it looks like he's bitching about the fact that they were all wearing masks despite being vaccinated, but that's because... They were on federal property, and it is required when you're on federal property. Tucker, you fucking moron. But hey, you know, you guys already know what I say about right-wingers. So yeah, we got a lot of stuff to get into. The uproar about uh, Senator Tim Scott's rebuttal from last night's uh, presidential address to Congress. Apparently, he's been on TV. First thing this morning, he was on TV talking about the backlash that he received, the racist backlash he got from the woke leftists. So we're going to hear him bitch about that. Plus, uh, there is a Antifa video. An Antifa video has surfaced. A supposed Antifa video. It's got the right wing completely shitting themselves. I doubt it's even really Antifa. But we're going to watch the video. We're going to see what we think. Uh, Ted Cruz is responding to the fact that he fell asleep during Biden's speech. Plus, a vice principal was caught on camera throwing a beer on somebody after his wife got called out for a transphobic rant. And, of course, we're going to get into the trans bill being passed in West Virginia and the fact that Biden last night in his speech said he had the backs of trans kids. We're going to delve into a Vox article and see exactly what that means, how the administration is posturing. Starting off tonight, there is an audit going on of the vote in Arizona. The presidential vote. This is this is not a This is like an independent audit called for by right-wingers. Apparently, the group that is conducting the audit 
is uh, conspiratorial. That might be putting it lightly. Elections experts call on Justice Department to send monitors to Arizona for this audit. This is from The Hill published earlier today. A group of election security... Ma'am, do not autoplay on me. I was getting ready to say that. A group of election security and administration experts are asking the Justice Department to send federal monitors to Arizona as the Republican-led state Senate carries out an audit of the 2.1 million ballots cast in Maricopa County in the state's 2020 presidential election. So they're specifically focusing on Maricopa County. I do believe that's where Phoenix is. It's their largest metropolitan area. In a letter to the top official at the Justice Department's voting section, five election experts from the Brennan Center for Justice, Protect Democracy, and the Leadership Conference expressed deep concerns about how the audit is being conducted, warning that it has put ballots in danger of being stolen, defaced, or irretrievably damaged. The letter also expressed concern that the state Senate and the firm it has hired to run the audit, a Florida-based company called Cyber Ninjas, that should set off a red flag right there, are preparing to engage in conduct that will constitute unlawful voter intimidation in violation of the Voting Rights Act and other federal laws. We have reason to believe that they might actually do that at the behest of former President Trump. At issue, they wrote, is a plan to physically canvas voters in Maricopa County as part of the audit and to gather information related to their voting history. That's wildly illegal. The audit marks the latest effort by Arizona Republicans to call into question the results of the 2020 presidential election. Former President Trump narrowly lost Arizona to President Biden, becoming the first Republican presidential candidate in more than two decades to suffer defeat in the state. But nearly six months after Election Day, Trump and his allies have continued to spread baseless claims that the 2020 election in Arizona and other battleground states had been stolen. Previous audits of the vote in Maricopa County, Arizona's largest and the home of Phoenix, determined that the election results were accurate and that no significant occurrence of fraud, and that there was no significant occurrence of fraud. Nevertheless, Republicans in the state have marched forward with their own audit of the vote. The process has raised particular concerns among Democrats and election experts who have criticized the audit for a lack of transparency and warned that partisan elected officials may be sacrificing accuracy and security in favor of speed and political convenience. In their letter on Wednesday, the election experts argued that the Justice Department should use its authority to dispatch monitors to the site of the audit saying that the need to do so is especially urgent here as there are ongoing and imminent violations of federal election laws in Arizona and these violations may be used to justify further intrusions on Arizonans Arizonians? Arizonians. I think Arizonans. Arizonans' voting rights. Ballots that are protected under federal law are in imminent danger of being stolen, defaced, 
or irretrievably damaged, and the Arizona citizens are in imminent danger of being subject to unlawful voter intimidation as a result of a flawed audit procedure. So there you have it. And why why is it so important to tamp down on these right-wing lies? Because we saw exactly what happened by promoting the big lie on January the 6th. So, one of the Capitol Police officers is calling out elected officials who are wanting to whitewash the January 6th riots. And I've, I've seen it already in comment sections. Like... It, People do not acknowledge what actually happened on January the 6th anymore. So this is one of the Capitol Police officers that was there. It's been very difficult seeing um, elected officials and other individuals uh, kind of whitewash the events of that day or or, uh, downplay what happened. Um, You know, some of the terminology that was used, like hugs and kisses and, uh, you know, very fine people is like very different from what I experienced and what my coworkers experienced on the 6th. You know, I experienced. A- We're getting ready to see exactly what he experienced. We've, we've got some new video group of individuals that were trying to uh, kill me to accomplish, you know, their goal. Um, and I think that. Their goal was stopping a constitutionally mandated procedure, by the way. And these are the people that say they stand up for the Constitution. It is complete cognitive dissonance. (sighs) Sorry, Don. Man, I didn't think I'd get this emotional. Um... Yeah, I mean, I experienced the most brutal, uh, savage, uh, hand-to-hand combat of my entire life. And video released today by the Justice Department seems to bag up exactly what... um, Michael uh, Fainone is saying in that clip from an interview with CNN... So the Department of Justice released on Wednesday, I'm sorry, it was yesterday, a group of videos depicting the alleged assault of Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick and other members of law enforcement during the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. So there you go, content warning fuckers. So here, Sicknick is right there. Sicknick is the officer that had a, I believe it was a stroke. After the events. So there they're being uh, assaulted, pelted with something.
I'm not sure if he's the one that got beat with the American flag. See, we've got another video here. We've got sound. Calling the cops, snowflakes. There you can see part of the assault. Apparently, okay, here we have more. Apparently, they originally did not want to release this video. Oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. I'm sorry, here we go, here we go. We gotta go over here. They were very, very professional and very gentlemanly. The only time they got perturbed is at the end of the surge, when they had taken about, I'd say, seven or eight electronic items of mine, which is what they took, and, and two of someone else's, I, uh, th- they weren't taking the three hard drives, which, of course, are electronic devices. They just mimic the, the computer. The, the Hunter Biden. These. And they said, what are they? I said, those are Hunter Biden's hard drives. And they said, no, 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 no. <laughs> I said, are you sure you don't want them? I mean, the, the warrant required them to take it. And they said, no, no. And I, the the warrant required said, them to take it. Don't you think you should take it to comp-? And they said no. Now, Hunter Biden's hard drives fall within the scope of the subpoena. The subpoena required them to take all electronics. They decided <laughs> to leave that behind. And they also were completely content to rely on my word that these were Hunter Biden's hard drives. I mean, they could have been Donald Trump's. They could have been Vladimir Putin's. They could have been anybody's. But they relied on me, the man who had to be raided in the morning. As I understand it, the uh, because I, well, I'm going to destroy warrant the was for his phone, for two years specifically. I could have destroyed the evidence years ago. Year, I didn't destroy the evidence because the evidence is exculpatory. It proves that the president and I and all of us are innocent. They're the ones who are committing. It's like it's like projection. They're committing the crimes. Yep. Yeah, well, well may, may I just interject to say it's, I think, literally projection. So from what we have read in the press, the Department of Justice wants to know whether you violated FARA, the Foreign Agents Registration Act. in Literally projection. Ukrainians for pay. You didn't register. They're saying that may have been a crime. We know for a fact that Hunter Biden did that. He didn't register under FARA. He represented <laughs> Ukrainians. He probably made a lot more than you did. He also represented Chinese nationals lobbying his dad. And he has not been charged with a fair violation. Am I missing something here? Uh, yeah, you're missing, uh, you know, equal administration of justice, which is what we don't have anymore. The reality is the hard drive contains somewhere between a dozen or more violations of Farrah that are spelled out uh, completely. Failure to register. Uh, the, the fact is it also spells out, as we now know, a clear violation of the Gun Act, the, 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 the application is a straight-out fraud. He says, I'm not an addict. We have a picture of him five days before smoking a crack pipe behind the wheel of a car and then saying under road. Wow. And it's the left that gets all perturbed about people who are mentally unstable having guns. Well, he was unstable. He's been, a, he, unfortunately and tragically, 
I, I, I feel sorry for that part of Hunter Biden. I think his father exploited him. But the reality is he's still a danger to the public if he's driving an automobile or holding a gun. But they don't care about that. Duggar's face. In my apartment, when, I, when I'm willing to talk to them civilly myself, and, uh, <laughs> I, can, I can tell you, I, I never, ever represented a foreign national. I, in fact, I have in my contracts a refusal to do it because... From no, the, no, 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 no. I, I think what he is being charged with... Never did it to Bush, never did it to Obama, never did it with Trump. ...is working on behalf of the American government without registering. Working on behalf of Trump without registering. If I had to guess, they might, it might be going the other way. I don't get frightened very easily. I handle them very professionally, and they handle me very professionally. I want to make that point. Also, Hunter, I am a lawyer... Hunter prosecuted a lot more serious cases. Also, Hunter, he called Tucker Hunter since I left. And the reality is that that warrant is completely illegal. The only way you can get a search warrant is if you can show that there's some evidence that the person is going to destroy the evidence or is going to or is going to run away with the evidence. Well, I've had it for two years and I haven't destroyed it. Oh, oh, after yesterday's press conference. Holy shit. So, uh, there was Giuliani's no son. Justification for that warrant. It is an illegal, unconstitutional warrant. Uh, one of many that this Department of Injustice tragically has done. And it breaks my heart because I belong to the. How Justice many Department. members of the GOP can Tucker get to incriminate themselves on his show this year? The Lincoln Project knew the guys who covered up child molestation, but Joe Biden says he didn't know that this raid was coming. Do you take that at face value? Uh, maybe he doesn't remember. I'm not sure if he can retain anything for more than about, you know, the, the time it takes to read it. But at any event, wow. not. And the reality is how, how the Lincoln Project knowing means that they have a serious leak in a very important investigation. We have been warning of that for two years. My lawyer, Bob Costello, has written to them. No, I think the Lincoln Project to tribute to the investigation. I should have done this at the outset. I, I just want no, to make please. absolutely certain that we understand, our viewers understand, what it is the Justice Department says they're investigating. We've read it's a FARA violation. Is there something else? What have they said to you about what they're looking into? They haven't said anything to me. They won't explain to me what they're looking into for two years. Uh, we've called them five, six occasions, said, tell us what you're He's been under investigation for two no, just years. just come in and talk to us. Tell us about your whole life. Of course, that's ridiculous. And uh, so I have to go, I have to go as a lawyer on the search warrant. The search warrant is purportedly based on one single failure to file for representing a Ukrainian national or official that I never represented. I've never represented a Ukrainian national or official before the United States government. I've it could be time. that some Ukrainian official gave him in the contract is a clause that says I will not engage the electronic in materials or foreign representation dubbed Hunter Biden's laptop because I felt it would be too compromising. Here I am in the middle of representing the president of the United States on a charge that I believe he was innocent of. I had great passion about that. If you're a lawyer, and you're uh, he wasn't, he wasn't at all. You can have, and my sole concentration 
and I am so offended by the things they've said about me. My sole concentration from the beginning here, Tucker, was to find evidence that would prove what I knew, that he was innocent of Russian collusion, and that he was innocent of doing anything improper. He did exactly what a president should do with the president of Ukraine. He and they gave you a laptop and told you it was Hunter Biden's. They planted some pictures on it that they probably hacked from somewhere. 30 years of the Biden crime family violating our laws. That is what is on the hard drive that they have censored. And that's why they want to put me in jail. One of the great ironies is the Democratic Party is hysterical on the subject of Russia, in part because they've taken so much money from Ukraine, which, of course, fears Russia and has for, for an awful long time. They're being paid to hate Russia. I, who, who was taking money from the Ukraine? It was Steve Bannon that was working for the Ukraine. All your digital communications. So unless you've been in mass 12 hours a day for the last five years, like, is there anybody who could no it's a sincere question i'm not i mean is there anybody who the justice department was out for you and they've got every text you've ever sent and every email that they couldn't find something to charge you with do you think this is going to remain a fara investigation or could it get much bigger no we have not established that the laptop is real i think it it should get much bigger i think they should be investigated for blatantly violating i I don't think that the president's constitutional it 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 could be stolen of the impeachment but i think it was given to really giuliani it was given to rudy giuliani by somebody in the ukraine and that could be what they're investigating uh, him over they took documents that are privileged, and then they unilaterally decided what they could read and not read. So the prosecutors, the Justice Department, spied on me. And that is, if that is not taken seriously, if that doesn't result in their being sanctioned, the case being dismissed, and it's stopping, this is no longer uh, a free country. We might as well be in you know, East Berlin before the wall fell. This is, this is tactics only known in a dictatorship where you you seize a lawyer's records right in the middle of his representation of his client. I, I have not kept up with uh, Mike Lindell in a little bit. We might have to check in on him. Prosecuting somebody else. I agree, I agree with they're, that. They're, I agree they're with that. Un- they're, they're a disgrace to a great department. They're a disgrace to a great department that I served honorably and well. It's shocking. I hope you'll come back. <laughs> we're going to be hearing a lot about this I will. story. Former mayor. Oh, Robert. I know he will. I was I was amazed he wasn't on TV so last night. Lobbies the vice president of the United States on behalf of Ukraine, does not register, gets rich doing it, and he gets a job teaching at Tulane University. Someone criticizes that, and the FBI shows up at his house. That- what does that mean for the rule of law? In what does country? that mean? Francie Hakes, a former federal prosecutor, joins us to react to what it means. We'll be right back. Damn. Now, apparently, the investigation is in the late stages that we should be expecting Giuliani to be charged with something soon. Soon. And it's hard to keep up with all the different shit that that crew was involved in. Giuliani probably had a hand in the Capitol riot as well. So back to footage that was released yesterday by the Justice Department. The one Giuliani says is corrupt. 
Oh, God, he was hit in the head by something. I didn't see what got him, but fuck, I saw his head go back. Or her. I'm not sure which officer that was. So, once again, more footage that the Justice Department released yesterday. I don't know what the convo couch is. Maybe this isn't from yesterday. Okay, so this one's from the Department of Justice. All these came from the Department of Justice. This is a much longer video. Motherfuckers cheering them on. Capitol Police are woefully outmatched, clearly. So this is what the officer that we heard from giving the interview with Don Lemon called the whitewashing. Because right-wingers are trying to paint this as, you know, not violent. And these motherfuckers, they think they're on the side of the Constitution. They think they're the true patriots. That's, that's... I don't know how we deal with that. I had a right-wing friend say, like, well, like, that's what they should do if they believe the things they believe. And I'm like, that's the problem. That they believe this stupid shit that they believe. But you've got people like Trump and people like Rudy Giuliani. You think we're stupid? You think we're fools? You got them feeding them full of bullshit. And they want to believe it. They want to believe because they don't understand trans issues. They don't understand fucking like gay rights or anything. They've never been around any sort of diversity. They don't understand it and it scares them to death. So they want, they want desperately to consider the other side their enemy. To consider them crazy and loons. And fucking right-wing politicians feed right into that. They happily harness that for electoral power. I don't... I don't know how to combat it. What's the best way to go about it? I'm, I'm saying fuck it and making fun of them. Mock them relentlessly. 
But this is why I'm worried about the, the stupid audit in Arizona. They're going to come out and say that, no, 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 Arizona was stolen. This this final audit by a partisan group after multiple nonpartisan groups ruled it secure. What does that guy have? He's got some sort of projectile. Faced with a violent crowd, these motherfuckers aren't even reaching for their guns. What kind of cops are these? How many fucking cop videos do I have to watch where just normal citizens, they're they're pulling out their guns within seconds? What the hell? Ugh. A New York man found guilty earlier today. Calling for the slaughter of members of Congress in the wake of the Capitol riot. After a week-long trial, a New York York man was found guilty and could face up to 10 years in prison for threatening to kill members of Congress in the wake of the pro-Trump January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. According to a criminal complaint filed in January, Brandon Hunt, known as X-Ray Ultra, published a video urging Trump supporters to murder U.S. officials two days after the insurrection on the U.S. Capitol. The video was titled, Kill Your Senators, Slaughter Them All. Well, he sounds like a fun guy. Do you think we're stupid? you think we're fools? Yes. Gotta keep pulling Rudy out. It's a Rudy kind of night. As alleged in the complaint, Hunt directly called for the assassination of members of Congress, posting a video-to-the-internet-based video-sharing site in which he exhorted his viewers to violence, urging them that we need to go back to the U.S. Capitol when all the senators and all the representatives are back there, and this time we have to show up with our guns. We need to... the motherfuckers. I skipped the violent word that the news article left in and put in the profanity that the news article took out. The irony. And don't think that we aren't done with Trump and company. Trump says he'd certainly consider DeSantis as a 2024 running mate. I have talked about how dangerous Ron DeSantis is. He could very well be the man to take the mantle of Trumpyism and run with it and actually be a competent fascist. Former President Trump told Fox Business on Thursday that he is 100% thinking about another presidential bid in 2024 and that he would certainly consider making Florida Governor Ron DeSantis his running mate. Trump and DeSantis see eye-to-eye on many policy issues, but the Florida governor has also been floated as a 2024 contender of his own. That's what I've been saying. I think he's the front runner. 
absent the Trump effect. And the worst possible thing that could happen for us, with him being the front runner currently, is with Trump projecting that he's going to be starting rallies as soon as next month. Running for the 2024 slot, something happens to where Trump is not the candidate. DeSantis has already been campaigning with him around the country and just carries that momentum on into 2024. Remember, DeSantis is competent. Certainly, Ron would be considered he's a great guy, Trump told Fox. Trump also called DeSantis a friend. The former president endorsed DeSantis for governor in 2018 against Democratic contender Andrew Gillum. Looking like uh, DeSantis might have some stiff competition come 2022. Representative Val Demings signaling that uh, she is more than likely going to run for the governorship. Now, she is not a progressive by any means. But, wow, she would be a fantastic governor from Florida, all things considered. How does Biden's approval rating at 100 days compare to past presidents? I thought this was a... pertinent article to read tonight. The cusp of President Joe Biden's 100th day in office. Several polls have measured his popularity based on approval rating. Biden's average approval rating stands at 54%, higher than former President Donald Trump's 42% approval rating at his 100th. That's another thing, all these right-wingers talking about how low Biden's approval rating is. Following them, you know, proclaiming that Trump did amazing. Biden scored slightly higher on Gallup's rating at his 100th day with the with a 57% rating, which exceeds Trump's 41% 100-day rating. It falls below Barack Obama's 65% rating and George W. Bush's 62% score. Now, Bush, Bush's score fell drastically <laughs> between that uh, first 100 days and 9-11. By 9-11... Pre-9-11, he was already looking like a uh, very lame duck president. So here is the chart of where they stack up. You can see Biden. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, Okay, okay, okay. That's approval rating and then the first quarter average. So, there you have it. Biden also earned approval for how well he's handled the coronavirus pandemic. 66% approved in the CNN survey. But not everybody is excited about Joe Biden, especially not Senator Ted Cruz. Cruz multiple times calling Biden boring but radical. Benny Johnson tweeting out a clip of Senator Cruz from the speech last night. 
I've sent a bill to take a close look at it. We have to also have to get at the root problem of why people are fleeing, particularly the, to our southern border from Guatemala, Honduras. Nighty night, Ted Ted. Sweet dreams of Cancun. Ted Cruz retweeted it himself, though, because he's a master troll. That's what I would have done. And he found a screenshot that may or may not have been fucking photoshopped. Kamala and Nancy agree, the Zodiac Killer said. Oh, Ted. On to another T name. Stupid beliefs. Black Lives Matter, NAACP silent in wake of Uncle Tim Twitter trend. Apparently Twitter took the phrase down. Some prominent liberal groups, and we're reading from Fox News, by the way. Some prominent liberal groups including Black Lives Matter and the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, haven't weighed in on the Uncle Tim Twitter insults lobbed at Senator Tim Scott. I don't know. Maybe they endorse them. Maybe maybe they agree. Scott, a Republican from South Carolina, the only black Republican in the Senate. Since you, you, you trotted out the only black Republican in the Senate... To call the Democrats racist, maybe, maybe <laughs> the senator who is behind a push for police reform legislation and had a bill on the issue blocked via. We don't know what that reform was. It's probably give cops more money and give them like more power to kill people. He made headlines by declaring America is not a racist country. Despite the fact, like, he pointed out ways it was racist in his speech. That's one of the reasons why people were laughing at him. I've also experienced a different kind of intolerance, Scott said. I get called Uncle Tom and the N-word by progressives by liberals. I, I'm I'm, I'm kind of doubting a white person's going up to you and calling you the N-word. Unless it's on your side. Let's see, we've got video from Scott. He was on Fox and Friends or Fox and Fox Morning or what whatever the fuck Fox and Friends, yeah. After just one hundred days. Whatever whatever one of their morning bullshit shows is. Is on the move again. Turning peril into possibility, crisis to opportunity, setbacks into strength. Thanks to Operation Warp Speed and the Trump administration, our passionate and many people are talking now. Do you do you think you'll ever run for president? What? what? That's the first what? That's the first question. You goddamn. Fox News is just a absolute dumpster fire. It is no relation to news or journalism in any way. What the fuck is going on with, uh, is this, is this, uh, Ducey? Is that his name? What's up with his hair? I, this whole thing. I'm not running for the presidency of my own homeowners association without much of a question, much less thinking about the highest office in the land. I do. Even Scott is like, these people are stupid. Who asked that question? 
What a blessing to live in a state where the possibility of redemption is real. And my life is a story of getting it wrong and then getting it right. So many American kids need to understand that this is a place and you may be the person that can do the greatest things uh, you've ever imagined. I didn't get any grievance from you last night. I just had an explanation where you came from, where you are, and where you want the country to go. That's very different than what we're hearing a lot from the White House. Here's Kamala Harris, uh, the vice president. Uh. <laughs> Senator Tim Scott said last night that America is not a racist country. Do you agree with that? And what do you make of his warning against fighting discrimination with more discrimination? No, I don't think America is a racist country, but we also do have to speak truth about the history of racism in our country and its, and its existence today. And of the greatest threats to our national security is domestic terrorism manifested by white supremacists. That's true that we must confront and it doesn't it does not help to heal our country to unify us as a people to ignore the realities of that we all have so much more perfectly acceptable answer and the idea is that we want to unify the country but not without um speaking truth are you not speaking truth senator what do you think of that well, I'll just say that the response to my speech last night from the left was for me to mention that intolerance so often comes from the left with words like Uncle Tim and the N-word being used against me by the left. And last night, what was trending in social media was Uncle Tim. And they doubled down on this. I think there's probably a bunch of black people calling you Uncle Tim. Sir, sir, sir. It wasn't me. I was on Twitter. They banned me years ago. It's not my place to call you that, sir. But I think that they, you know, might have some, they might have a point. Concept of liberal oppression. It is stunning in 2020. It's weird for him to be talking about liberal oppression while he's on Fox News talking about how, like, fucking, like, oh, they're calling me Uncle Tim. Against white farmers. Why we had the Pickford settlements in the early 90s so that black farmers would be treated fairly by the federal government. Now we're going to we're going to reverse that and and discriminate against white farmers. Did we not learn the lesson the first time around? And I'll just tell you that it has been an amazing morning with so many good people uh, calling. But the left is they have doubled down that they are going to not attack my policies, but they are literally attacking. I would love to attack your policy. By the way, by the way, I, I said it last night. He threw out this, uh, the bottom 25% rose higher than the top 25%. What he was referring to was a Goldman Sachs assessment uh, measuring year over year, February 2018 against February 2019. In that specific time frame... The bottom 25% rose faster than the top 25%. Over the course of 20 years, that's not true. Over the course of the last year, that's not true. So that was the only... Remember last night, we watched the whole stream. I pointed that out. That's like the only fact claim he made. And I was like, I'm going to verify that. I I don't know what you're talking about. 
you cannot step out of your lane according to the liberal elite left. And that's one of the reasons why uh, you can help us by going to votetimscott.com. I am learning from Lindsey Graham without any question. And uh, <laughs> it is a fight. We are in for the fight of our nation. That's not something I would brag about if you're trying to prove how not racist you are or how not dumb you are. Topic trending on Twitter. Well, you know, I was... It was it was not upsetting certainly, but it was so disappointing that those people who want to be respected and given the opportunity because that's my, that's my issue. He tell he comes on Fox News and says, you know, attack me for my policy. What's your policy, sir? What's your policy? I would love to talk about policy. You're the one that's actually coming on here and doing this race baiting game. That's the whole reason that the right, right wing chose you to give the rebuttal last night. I feel like they already had their articles written about what they were going to say just from the fact that you were a black man. Because they all said the same goddamn thing. They were all right on point with their articles all day today. See, I spend all my time in right wing media. So I know, I know what the fucks are talking about. Any way they want to. They don't want the same thing for you and me, Steve. What they want for us is for us to stay in a little small corner and not uh, go against the tide that they think is America. Their America and my America aren't the same America if, in fact, they think that discriminating is the fastest way to end discrimination. We have learned lessons from our past. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Discrimination, it's still real. But it they is straw man. Further and further into a smaller corner in our nation. That's great news that we should celebrate the progress being made by black folks and white folks working together, by Hispanics and Asians coming together. If you want to be an American, the door is wide open. The front door, by the way, is wide open to come in and, and add value to right. who we are not be a part of destructive conversations that belittle individuals. Well, we're welcoming of the LGBTQ community over here, so the back door is open sometimes. In our nation, oftentimes led by the left, is a problem, a problem we can solve together. The American family is bigger than that. We should act like it. Is Black Lives Matter helping or hurting uh, the coming together of the country? The foundation of Black Lives Matter with a communist paradigm is problematic. There's no is Fox News helping or hurting the country? No doubt that all lives matter, and specifically in the law enforcement uh, conversation, of course the focus is on black lives versus uh, what they've experienced. That, that's a healthy debate, but here's what's not healthy. It is not healthy for us to assume that every white officer is looking for a black person to violate their civil rights. It's not helpful for us. I don't actually assume that. That is a straw man. I will tell you what I assume about cops. You can watch my show I do every night. I, I actually don't assume anything about cops. I got a mountain of fucking statistics. Court fucking uh, rulings. Showing how horrible they are. So it's not really assumptions. 
us to enter and engage in a conversation where reality is thrown out the window, that we have not made progress. All you have to do, uh, Brian, is to look at the statistics from 2000, 2010, 2020, and you'll see a trend in the right direction that actually we are getting healthier and better as it relates to these confrontations. Now, we're going to have more videos because we've been pushing body cameras, so we have more information. To I mean, there is truth to that, so that, that should appall you at like than we had 10 and 20 years ago. think about what they were doing when there were no cameras of course we should are we moving pretty think about what they were doing before scrutiny i know you wrote that bill to fund body cameras and we are so grateful because now when there is yes. a shooting we're able to because we 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 see what they do with them and you said that the Democrats blocked the bill that you were trying to propo- proposal yes. you had for police reform after Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. And I understand you're meeting with George Floyd's family today. I'm sure they will appreciate that. What are you going to talk to them about? That is uh, the next story I had on the docket, actually. Senator Tim Scott says he will meet with George Floyd's family. Scott, the lone black Republican in the Senate, is working with Representative Karen Bass and Senator Cory Booker and other Democrats to reach a bipartisan deal on police reform. Scott has opposed Democrats' George Floyd Policing Act and instead backs an alternative measure blocked by Senate Democrats last year. Let's please find out exactly what the measure is. That's why I went to Axios as opposed to actually listening to the rest of that interview. Scott has argued that antagonizing law enforcement is not the solution. I won't cross that line, he said. I don't know what that means, antagonizing law enforcement. Every interaction that we watch, we're getting ready to watch a few more here tonight. It it really seems like law enforcement are the antagonizers. Scott said that he will listen to what the family wants to talk about, listen to the proposals, the suggestions that uh, reinforces common sense, and finally go to uh, drug. I still, I have no clue what his proposal was. I would like to know what this bill is he keeps complaining about. He says he likes to talk about policy. But all I've seen him do thus far, my limited exposure to him, is bring up racism, play to racism. While saying that the country isn't a racist country. Meanwhile, over in Louisiana, a lawmaker, a lawmaker in Louisiana has to clarify their comments because they kind of misunderstand the history of the country. This might be what the vice president was talking about when she was talking about being real. A Louisiana state rep said earlier this week that schools shouldn't teach divisive concepts, but rather give students the good, the bad, and the ugly on various topics such as slavery. Unfortunately, that was the example that immediately sprang to his mind in a recent hearing, and he quickly had to confirm it had no good parts. Representative uh, Representative Ray Garfalio, Ray Garfalo, the chair of the Louisiana he's the chair of the Louisiana House Education Committee made the comments during a committee hearing on his own bill that would ban any K through 12 school or college that receives public funding from teaching divisive concepts uh, such as the United States or Louisiana being fundamentally institutionally or systematically racist or sexist so banning teaching facts the bill is part of a larger trend against critical race theory, which seeks to scrutinize cancel culture 
against facts that the right wing doesn't like. Cancel culture is not Hasbro making a decision about what to do with Mr. Potato Head. Cancel culture is not the Seuss estate deciding what to do with old Dr. Seuss books. Cancel culture is trying to get fucking curriculum changed because you think it reflects poorly on your worldview. This bill is part of a larger trend against critical race theory, which seeks to scrutinize America's racial caste system and the history and role of white supremacy in our institutions. On Wednesday, at the same time while they're saying fucking Confederate monuments shouldn't be taken down. Yeah, even Dr. Seuss was ashamed of his early books. The estate said he would want them taken out of publish. Out of out of print. Makes no fucking sense. Right-wingers want to tell people that they can't uh, make amends for their racism, apparently. Garofalo's bill is a response to a February online panel discussion at Louisiana State University about a book called The Religion of White Rage, White Workers, Religious Fervor, and the Myth of Black Racial Progress. The co-author or the co-editors include two professors in the university's African American Studies Department. Are we presenting all sides? Garofalo told the New Orleans Advocate earlier this year. If we are making these types of presentations on campus, are we presenting an alternative viewpoint? What that slavery was good? What's the alternative viewpoint? I, I know the answer to that. The alternative viewpoint is the lost cause propaganda. During the Tuesday hearing, Garofalo cited parents telling him about handouts they're being given, saying that the United States is a racist country, that corporations are inherently racist, and have a bias. Kind of true. But he maintained that his bill simply clarified that you couldn't teach theories as fact. Also, doesn't know what the word theory means. Representative Stephanie Hilferty, a Republican, asked Garofalo what it meant to prohibit discussion of divisive concepts as part of a larger course of academic instruction as Garofalo's bill intended to do. To illustrate this point, he used the example of slavery, which wasn't legally abolished in Louisiana until 1864. Okay. But what is a larger course of academic instruction? If you're teaching, if you're having a discussion on whatever the case may be on slavery, then you can talk about everything dealing with slavery, the good, the bad, the ugly. The there's, whole... there's no good to slavery, though. Well, then whatever, whatever the case may be. But what is a larger course of academic instruction? That's what the case may be, sir. That's what the case may be. That's what the case may be. At least the the woman who's a Republican had some fucking sense. Wow. During the same hearing, Rep. uh, Gary Carter Jr., a Democrat, asked Garofalo point blank if Louisiana ever was systematically racist or sexist. From my perspective, I'm not a history teacher, so uh, you can't ask me a history question 
that I may not have that fact too, Garofalo said. But you drafted the bill, Carter responded. Let's see, is this, is this exchange? Was the state of Louisiana ever fundamentally, institutionally, or systematically racist, in your opinion? Again, the bill says that you can talk about these concepts, but you can't teach it as fact unless it's fact. I, I'm just asking, like you say, is, I'm asking, was. Was the state of Louisiana ever fundamentally, institutionally, or systematically... Well, also, there's a lot of things that we don't actually know. Like, fucking, you need a goddamn class in epistemology, sir. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. There's a lot of things that, uh... aren't necessarily fact. That we are operating on certain assumptions that we're pretty sure are fact but may need to be revised when new information is introduced. And sciences are susceptible to this, especially social sciences, which are relatively new. Sir. Dramatically racist or sexist. If you have facts that show that, you can teach it. I'm asking. From your perspective. I've got a mountain of them. I'm I'm not a history. A U.S. fucking history book, sir. A U.S. fucking history. One one that wasn't marked up by the United Daughters of the Confederacy. A real fucking history book. So, you know, you can't ask me a history question that I I may not have that fact to. What I'm telling you is what the bill says. The bill says that if it's a fact, you can teach it. It, And my question, though, is, is from your perspective... Is it a fact, one way or the other? I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I've already answered that question. Uh, That's that's not for me to decide. I I know. You just asked whether or not I'm treating you as a witness. This is not a court of law. I'm just trying to have a conversation with you. I know, and that's not an issue for me to decide. I'm not a history teacher. Well, it it, it sounds like you're... You're You're trying to decide exactly that. though, right, that... The state of Louisiana was fundamentally, institutionally, and systematically racist in the past. Look, right? Well, I mean, I'm asking, would you agree? Still with fucking that? is, I, probably. I'm not a history teacher. I'm not a history scholar. So the bill doesn't pick Clearly. what is fact and what is, what is, what is, what is not fact. I really wish somebody had asked him, what was the good of slavery? Please elaborate. I mean, there were, you know, good points to slavery for a certain group of people that were benefiting off of the enslavement of another group of people. And to point out that good is literally white supremacy, you dumb fuck. Garofalo has since pulled the bill, according to The Advocate. On Wednesday, he took the floor of the House saying he was totally taken out of context. Let's listen to him. Members of speakers asked me to come up here. I don't I don't think anybody took you out of context at all, sir. Explain some of the things that are being reported about me in the media right now. I was taken out of context on a statement that I made yesterday in committee when I was arguing a bill. The media is totally reporting this in inflammatory. It was fake news. And I'm not high enough for this shit. Getting some questions on it, so I wanted to come up here and tell you that I would hope that you would know better than the reports that are being made about me in the press. I would hope that you respect. I heard it was, but I, 
did not say what they're accusing me of saying. And I really, I want to let you know that I respect you guys very much and would never do what... And this, and this is the wild part, is like, I didn't get this story from the press. I watched the clips of you, sir. I am watching this after watching exactly what you said. I pointed out everything wrong with it. Why you're a dumb fuck. I mean, what do I expect? Right-wingers are fucking morons. Any, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Representative, please continue. What I'm being accused of. So for, for, I just had to come up here and say that. I, I'm really upset. A lot of people are putting up negative things on my, my children's <laughs> Facebook pages, on my wife's Facebook page. I've taken my Facebook page down. And I don't think that anyone should be treated like this when something like this happens. It's totally out of context. If you go back and watch the tape, you'll see exactly what I'm saying. I'm hoping that you will trust me on this. And if you don't, please come and talk to me. If you have any questions at all, I'll explain to you exactly what happened. I don't, I'm not going to argue the bill or even talk about the bill. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> He invited me to talk to him, did he not? Uh, shall we call his office? <laughs> oh, this is the wrong one. Hold on, hold on. That was in Minnesota. This is Raymond at Garofalo. Phone number 504-277-4729. I, it's, it's after hours. We're not going to get anybody. It would be fun, though, because he invited me to talk to him. You're a fellow. I might be saying it wrong. I can leave a message I'm going to, though, because this is fucking fun. I'm a troll. Of course I'm going to leave a message. Ray Garofello. They've disconnected the messages because they've had too many people calling. I really wanted to leave a message. Ah, oh, fuck you. I, I, this is a matter of personal integrity for me. This is You don't have personal integrity, I sir. intended to happen nor do I want it to happen, but I'm a member of this body just like you are. I consider us all family. I consider you guys my friends, and, and more than friends. I, I consider us all working toward a, a single goal, and that's to improve the state of Louisiana. And I hope that you will let... I, I bet he has referred to Democrats, not as his friends, numerous times. I bet we could go back to campaign ads. He said fucking radical Democrats or radical liberals or some bullshit like that. You know, you know it. 
They are such fucking unabashed hypocrites. This is me all. I hate it. The Department of Justice to seek indictment of Derek Chauvin and three other ex-Minneapolis police officers, according to a report. Well, this morning, a juror who deliberated in the Derek Chauvin murder trial is now the first to speak oh, out. Oh, good. Yeah, let's, uh, let's hear this. Minneapolis courtroom as dark and tense. He said that every day felt, in his words, like a funeral. CNN's Adrian Broadus joins us now. She was able to speak with that juror. Uh, tell us what he told you. I mean, this is a remarkable view inside that jury, inside that deliberation room. Absolutely, Jim and Poppy. I asked him to take us inside the courtroom and explain what it was like over the course of those three weeks. So this was well, yesterday uh, on CNN. In just a moment, but 31-year-old Brandon Mitchell said showing up for jury duty every day this month was exhausting, mentally and physically. He said there was one weekend where he was just overwhelmed, and he said he was five minutes away from calling his mother to say, I cannot do this. I cannot keep going into that courtroom. But he pushed through, and this is what he said about going to jury duty every single day. Inside the courtroom for me was extremely stressful, extremely draining on a day-to-day basis. Um, it 100% was not easy at all um, each day, just, just coming in, just because um, watching somebody die each day uh, that's that's a numerous time. times probably it was like a funeral i mean it literally was like a funeral it was like you're walking into a dark space and and you feel it you feel the energy um and it's just not it's not pleasant there was a moment he says when george floyd's brother took the stand and he broke he says he used his mask because, you know, everyone had to wear a face covering, but he used his mask to hide his tears. He said he saw himself in George Floyd's brother. I would have liked to have heard more in the interview. Apparently, the... I want to play a little bit yeah. of sound because for anyone yeah. wondering, you know what... Apparently, uh... He said that it was going to be like 20 minutes. That there was only one person was a holdout in the jury. In the jury. One juror was a holdout. And that's the only reason it took a day. The federal prosecutors are moving forward with plans to charge Derek Chauvin and three other former Minneapolis police officers with federal civil rights violations. According to two local media reports in Minnesota. I've also heard a rumor, and this is just a rumor, not confirmed, don't, don't bank on it, that they were prepared that had the verdict gone the other way, that the feds were going to step in and arrest him immediately. I don't know how true that is. And that might have been on these charges. He, he's also facing tax charges. I don't know what else they've got, because they also have the uh, 17-year-old that he kneeled on his neck. The Minneapolis Star Tribune, citing a source and KSP TV or KSTP TV, 
citing sources with knowledge of the investigation. Say the Justice Department intends to ask a grand jury to indict Chauvin in connection with the death of George Floyd, along with three other former officers on the scene. Thomas Lane, J. Alexander uh, Kuing, and uh, Tao Tao. The Star Tribune, I, I've heard his name said before, and I, like, I didn't know that was the way it was spelled. Uh, the Star Tribune also reported prosecutors intend to charge Chauvin in connection to the violent arrest of a 14-year-old. Oh, it was a 14-year-old. I was confused. A 14-year-old boy in 2017. In that case, Chauvin and a partner officer responded to a domestic assault call. In the process of attempting to arrest a 14-year-old, Chauvin hit the team with a flashlight multiple times before applying a neck restraint with his knee until the 14-year-old lost consciousness. The child began repeatedly telling the officer that he could not breathe, and his mother told Chauvin to take his knee off her son. The DOJ declined to comment on the local reports when contacted by CNN. CNN reached out to attorneys for all four officers. Only the attorney for curing responded, and the attorney declined to discuss the reports. Interesting. Right now, I was I was sad to hear about a standoff happening yesterday in Boone, North Carolina. I have no clue what the details are. I uh, am from that area. Boone is gorgeous. Always loved going to Boone for work. So I'm I'm very sad to hear about this. Coverage continues on the deadly shooting of four people in Boone, North Carolina, including two deputies. Those deputies killed in the line of duty protected the public from what likely could have been a mass shooting. This is according to the Watauga County Sheriff's Department. Once again, I, I approach anything the cops say with great skepticism. Yeah, that's exactly right, Rebecca and PJ, and I'll get to that part of the story in just a moment. But right now, I want to let you know the new information that we have, which is the names of the other two victims in this case. Uh, They are 61-year-old Michelle Ligon and 58-year-old George Ligon. They are the mother and stepfather of the the suspect that police say was the gunman. His name is Isaac Barnes, 32 years old. Now, the reason this all went down is because the sheriff's office had gotten some information over the weekend that they were, um, that perhaps Barnes was planning this and and that they were on the lookout for him. What is this? Planning what? Looking for him and he had not turned up. Then they got a tip that the Ligans had not shown up to work, and that's when they went to the house and uh, their deputies were ambushed by Barnes. Um, We're told that in addition to the two fallen officers, Sergeant Chris Ward and Deputy Logan Fox, there was a Boone police officer who was shot in the head, and guys, fortunately, he was wearing protective headgear, and he was uninjured from that. uh, Wow. But they said they found many guns there in the home, and in addition to the information they received about what he may have been planning, they think this could have been a mass shooting prevented, and truly, these fallen officers are heroes. I'm here at the Tauga County Sheriff's Office, where this memorial is growing behind me, a steady stream of people bringing cards and flowers, and this memorial was actually created by someone in the community. 
gentleman came up and he, he said, can I do this? And the people that were here said, well, yeah. yeah. So I'm not exactly sure all the details. I think it was a multi-hour standoff. The Watauga County Sheriff's Office responded to a call for a welfare check at the home around 945 on Thursday morning. Deputies entered the residence after discovering all vehicles belonging to the residence were on the property. Officials report 32-year-old Isaac Alton Barnes is suspected of killing two Watauga County Sheriff's deputies. Officials report. Yeah, I, it seems like there was a like he took him hostage or some shit during an initial rescue attempt of the deputies. One balloon, uh, one Boone police officer was hit by gunfire. The Boone police, uh, the Boone officer, was protected by his ballistic helmet. So yeah, this is like the news organization has got a, gotten a press release from the sheriff's office and they don't have much information to go on. Now over to Texas where the cops have released video of the Alex Gonzalez shooting. Apparently this happened on January 5th. There have been protests to get this released. This is dash cam video. Oh, yeah. Um, that reminds me. Content warning, fuckers. You can get that on a t-shirt, too. Oh, it's it's up right now. It's actually the T-shirt that's on display. Okay, okay, okay. Because once again, they're just releasing shit like right in the middle of all the all the shit going down. Shortly before this video begins, police say Gonzalez was involved in a road rage incident with off-duty Austin police officer. Gabriel Gutierrez. I believe this is Gonzalez here. Like we looks like somebody is down over here. It's hard to tell what exactly is going on. Wait, wait, wait. So Gutierrez, who is the off-duty cop, says Gonzalez cut him off in traffic and then pointed a gun at him. Gutierrez, the cop, says he fired multiple shots. Police say Gonzalez did not fire, but a gun was later found in his car. So the 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 cop is lying. The Gutierrez is lying. Once again, a cop lied. All because a guy cut him off in traffic. A man is dead now. Fuck. Oh, 
Remember, there, there is a woman and a baby in that car. God damn it. So. All because a cop says he got cut off. And he wanted to be a dick. The first shooting occurred at about 1230 a.m. right before off-duty officer Gabriel Gutierrez called 911 for help and reported that Gonzalez was shot. According to the 911 call in the video, Gutierrez said Gonzalez cut him off and pointed a gun at him, which prompted the off-duty officer to open fire. The footage on Wednesday did not show the initial encounter between Gutierrez and Gonzalez. Yeah, because the off-duty officer was in his personal car. Security video from a nearby apartment complex and bystander cell phone video appeared to show the cars side-by-side right before Gutierrez shot at Gonzalez. Authorities said they later found a gun in Gonzalez's car, which is his right. At no time in any of the videos is he seen brandishing the weapon, let alone holding the weapon. Yeah, I'm t- all because the cop thinks he got cut off. But hey, hey, instead of investigating that kind of thing, what do you think the cops think should be investigated? Huh? Huh? What what do you think cops think should be investigated? Oh! Oh! They think LeBron James should be investigated. Joining me now is Jamie McBride, director of the LA Police Protective League, Jamie. Uh, and voices now, of Laura Ingram. All of these anti-police warriors, they share a certain socioeconomic standing. Yeah, you know. Wait, what? Oh, poor people are tired of being terrorized by the police. Is that what you're saying, Laura? You hit the nail on the fucking head. Holy shit, ma'am. They really are just hoods off completely over at Fox News now, aren't they? What's scary, though, is is the high-profile people that are causing the harm. You know, we had, obviously, the Oscars last night, uh, which was a total disaster. Used to be something glamorous. Now it's it's a total joke. Um, And then also, recently, within the last week, we had LeBron James uh, tweet out um, your next regarding the incident that happened in in, uh, Columbus, Ohio, uh, with a picture of the officer. Now... I'm sure that dumb fuck looking little piece of shit that you had a, um, a person with a very large knife um, and no officer wants to take a life. But I'll tell you one thing. You had a child that called the cops that was defending herself. You had a cop that didn't have all the facts that got out of his car and started shooting within 10 seconds. It's disgusting. That, that officer saved a life and, and he's a hero. 
Um, but one thing that these people don't talk about is, um, you know, over 90% of the homicide victims here in Los Angeles are black and brown. You don't hear about that. You don't hear about 2.3% um, or 2.3% of the time officers are attacked daily um, in Los Angeles since the first of the year. Um, and, and here's the funny thing. They're all hypocrites. You yeah, know, fuck them. You had off-duty and on-duty LAPD officers protecting these uh, actors and actresses who, who are claiming that, that officers are terrible. You mean doing their job? And also the doing their fucking job? Is LeBron James. LeBron James has talked time and time. Why don't, why don't you try doing your job? Instead of talking about LeBron James. Trying to, God, this is an attack on a citizen's free speech by a police force that works for us. I am he, them, God. Protection at his house. Off-duty officers provide security for him and his family. So you have killers at his house providing security for him. I'm sorry, that that was my Twitter joke back when I still had a Twitter before they banned me. I'm I'm a little offensive. So, yeah, so um, as long as he's be, he's being protected. I mean, he's a, you know, as someone online today, so he's just a big bully. He can dish it out, but he can't take it. You know, he's a billion. I think he's a billionaire. You know, Laura Ingram is one to talk about big bullies. The cops who make Fucking skinhead cop over here is one to talk about big bullies. Jamie, hold on. Your organization did send a letter to the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, today. And you stated that we formally asked that you conduct an investigation into LeBron James's social media post. To determine if he violated any policies of the NBA, and if so, to hold Mr. James accountable for any violations. Of the I want an investigation into all these goddamn crooked cops. Uh, they protect their own, do they not? What? And, and the NBA's been silent, but let's let's be clear. They're like the NBA doesn't have a term for protecting their own. Like cops do the blue code. Yeah, but uh, later on, and, that, and I'm sorry, it's... it's- I, and he talked about hypocrites. Larry Ingram's like, they protect their own in the NBA. The blue code. Literally, there is a term for cops protecting each other. It's, uh, it's already out there. And it's been screenshot and, and shared time and time again, retweeted. Um, so, you know, officers go out there on a daily basis and make a split-second decision um, and if they get it wrong, they lose their life. Um, LeBron James, what's the decisions he has to make on a daily basis? To do a layup, a slam dunk? And if he loses, he goes home. If we lose, we don't go home. And I've said it a million times. A cop's job, as I read the Constitution, I'll, I will pull it up. The Fifth Amendment says nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. I interpret that to mean that a cop is to die if necessary to make sure that the people in their charge, whether it be a criminal or a citizen they are protecting, makes it home alive. That's what what the term putting their lives on the line means. Cops say that all the time. Oh, I put my life on the line. Blah, blah, blah. Putting your life on the line doesn't mean you get to go empty your clip into anything that you feel scared of and violate their Fifth Amendment rights. Are we talking about UPS drivers, Winch? 
<laughs> if they wear the brown, those those are American heroes. UPS drivers, I salute you. If you wear the brown, I back you. If you wear the blue, fuck you. <laughs> but we shouldn't be scared of all the cops that are constantly killing people in the streets. No, 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 no. We should be scared of Antifa. Antifa issues veiled death threat against Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler in alarming video. So this is an Antifa video posted yesterday. Let's see what we think. Oh, oh, we got to even change the the content settings. We come to. Ooh, spooky. It was a small collective from within the anarchist and anti-fascist community. Do not speak for the whole, as each individual may carry different ideologies and beliefs about how things could, should, or will be accomplished. We hope with this message to simply convey a few points that are commonly agreed upon within... I don't know, they're talking like a, a fucking leftist, so... ...in this community. The mayor of this city is undeserving of his position. He has made it abundantly clear that windows to him are more important than human lives. But we are not just challenging the idea of having Ted as a mayor. We are challenging the idea of having mayors at all. We want abolition. Abolition is absolute. If peaceful marches, speeches, and voting were enough to bring about that goal, then we would have already been there. Window smashing and riots are a necessary escalation when those in power have proven that they are unwilling to listen and have made the choice to ignore you we are moving with a sense of urgency because now i don't know they kind of sold me where do i sign up for this antifa shit only is the system destroying us it's destroying the very planet that we live on this yeah encompasses the liberation of all those oppressed by the system whether it be black indigenous hispanic etc nobody owns this movement and wanting to or trying to claim ownership of this movement just leads to more division which is counterproductive to all of our goals we are on the same side though and the more time we spend fighting each other the less energy we have to fight the true enemy so let's start local with our own city's failed leadership ted we are asking for the last time that you resign if you ignore this message outright the destruction to your precious way of life is going to escalate blood is already on your hands ted but next time it may just be your own <laughs> oh man his address in there I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's publicly available information. He lives in the governor's mansion. <laughs> it's not like they're doxing the governor. <laughs> uh, at first, I wanted to say that it was, you know, right-wing propaganda pretending to be Antifa, but they're like, they actually had some fucking, like, good messaging in there. So, like... Okay, cool. I'm down with it. That was just like one person created that. Right wingers are losing their shit over it, though. Jim uh, Middow, a spokesperson for the mayor, said that he and his office learned of the video Wednesday evening. 
Fidel added that the city's police bureau also notified the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Medow said the mayor's office has seen a dramatic uptick in messages following the press conference, most of them critical of Wheeler and the remarks he made, the outlet reported. Some claim the mayor's comments would encourage right-wing vigilantism, while others said hardline approach was too little too late. Wheeler's remarks also rankled some civil rights groups. The ACLU of Oregon condemned Wheeler's request in a statement. So there you have it. Can somebody get me the mayor of Antifa on the phone? I want to join up. Uh, can we go to Antifa.com and donate to their cause? Uh, uh, is Antifa Inc. registered as a 501c? So... This happened in I don't know where this fucking happened. So okay, this this guy that we're going to see in the video is the vice principal of Neptune Middle School in Monmouth County, New Jersey. Uh, guy by the name of Michael Smuro tossed his beverage at a customer sitting in an outdoor dining area of Fred and Ethel's Lantern Light Restaurant and Tavern, apparently in New Jersey. Does it redirect to the, the right wingers bought that shit then? No, the, the kid is what's most concerning. I mean, it's So I, I believe there was a transphobic rant. I was hoping we we'd get to see the rant. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is the woman who apparently was on a transphobic rant. The restaurant was apologizing to the patrons. Oh, there she goes. You're being inappropriate. Take your hate elsewhere, please. Please take your hate elsewhere. That's not my issue. We got a great view. Please remove yourself. She's not a man. She's not a woman. She's a man. She's not a woman. Thank you. She's a man. You're even. What's wild is like she's using the correct pronouns. She is a woman. That's why you're calling her she. That's why she's in the women's bathroom. This guy, this is wild. Comes up and throws beer on them. Take your hate elsewhere, please. Please take your hate elsewhere. That's not my issue. We got a great view. She's not a woman. She's a man. Please remove yourself. She's a man. She's a woman. All right. Thank you. She's a man. She's a woman. She's a woman. 
How fucking rude is it? Go beat his ass. She's a woman. You even say she, she, she. This is definitely New Jersey. Now that I've heard the accent. That's assault. I thought he was going to climb over this road. I thought he was throwing that at you, yeah. Somebody want to see what car they get in? Go ahead. Go report them. The plate? You good, man? Yeah, you are right. Everybody okay? Goddamn. Smuro apologized for tossing his beer in a Tuesday email to the Associated Press. I allowed my emotions to get in the way of my normally sound judgment. I, I don't think you have normally sound judgment, sir. And reacted in a way that was inappropriate, he wrote. I do not condone violence or discrimination of any kind and should have simply walked away. I apologize to the person I threw my beer at and wish I hadn't done so. I apologize to anyone I offended. The Neptune Township School District, where he is a vice principal, addressed the incident in a statement on its website yesterday. This event is troubling as its perception potentially threatens the social-emotional well-being and climate of belonging that our Neptune School District community represents. Although we cannot comment on the details of confidential personnel matters, we can say the Board of Education and Administration are taking this matter seriously. Lisa Smuro, meanwhile, remained unrepentant in an interview with Breaking AC. I said she gave an interview. The video containing the actual beer toss has gone viral. (laughs) SpongeBob Squarehead and Geraldo. Hannity was, he's got, uh, it might be tomorrow night. He's got, uh, the woman running to be your governor. Caitlyn Jenner is, uh, is going to be on Hannity tonight or tomorrow. And remember, like, I haven't really brought it up on the show because, you know, uh, Fuck Caitlyn Jenner, but don't don't fuck her because like she's trans, or maybe fuck her because she's trans. Maybe you're into that. You know, I don't I don't discriminate in that way at all. But like, she killed a person <laughs> with her car, and uh, she's just all around not a good human being. However, she deserves to be properly gendered. And treated with respect in that regard. I'm a firm believer in that. Especially in this time when trans rights are under assault all over this fucking country. 
West Virginia transgender athlete bill signed by Governor Jim Justice. West Virginia's governor signed a bill Wednesday that bans transgender athletes from competing in female sports in middle and high schools and colleges. The bill was among 38 signed by Republican Governor Jim Justice. It had narrowly passed the state Senate, which had added the college component before being overwhelmingly approved in the House of Delegates. Justice said earlier this week that he would proudly sign the bill because he's a proud transphobe. Piece of shit. Used to be a Democrat, left and joined the Republicans. So, probably does belong over there now, doesn't he? He said that he would proudly sign the bill despite warnings from some lawmakers that the NCAA could retaliate and decide not to hold college tournaments in the state. Amazingly enough, I think that might actually, the NCAA, which is horrible in a million other ways, is actually taking the right position on this issue. That might actually be able to put some pressure enough on these states to get to overturn these bills, because unfortunately we live in a capitalist society, and we have to put commercial pressure in order to get public policy done because our goddamn federal government is deadlocked. The NCAA uh, in 2016 moved championships out of North Carolina in response to a bill legislating transgender people's use of public restrooms. Bills seeking to ban transgender girls from competing on girls' sports teams in public schools also have been enacted this year in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi, while South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem has implemented the move by executive order. That's how anti-trans she is. Had to do it by executive order. Last night in his speech, Biden mentioned it, and I hope it's not just lip service. This piece from Vice, Biden told trans kids he's got their back, but states keep attacking them. On Wednesday, during his first joint address to Congress, President Joe Biden made his support for trans rights clear, but he didn't exactly provide many specifics about how he plans to translate rhetoric into action, which is desperately needed right now because the Republicans are certainly taking action. But they've also got goddamn ALEC, the legislative, I forget what the fucking acronym stands for, American Legislative Executive Count fucking some think tank that writes legislation. It's why you see uh, a spat of bills pop up all over the fucking country because it's one Republican organization. If you're not aware of this, let me... The American Legislative Exchange Council. American Legislative Exchange Council. They write these bills and they're like cookie cutter, boilerplate to use legalese. And they just send them to all the different state Republican apparatuses who then push them through. That's why you see the same bills popping up all across these different states. It's not because 
a rep- the way fucking uh, democracy is supposed to work, a representative thinks up an idea and then sends it through committee and all that shit. No, they just fucking spam this shit out to their followers. The words were weighty, especially coming from a president who brought up trans people and the issue that shaped their lives since the literal first day of his presidency. They were especially striking in the wake of the Trump administration, which was determined to stamp out trans rights was determined to stamp out trans rights and protections. But Biden, uh, but Biden's declaration also arrived at the same time that state houses across the U.S. are unleashing a devastating wave of attacks on trans people. And Biden offered little information about how or if he plans to counter these attacks or force an intransient and trans intran intransient in Wow, I really fucked that up. Intransigent. Intransigent. Or force an intransigent Congress to protect LGBTQ plus rights on the federal level. This is the words by news and speech. My desk, the Equality Act to protect LGBTQ Americans. For all transgender Americans watching at home, especially young people, you're so brave. I want you to know your president has your back. In his first 100 days as president, Biden has taken some action to protect trans youth. His Justice Department recently withdrew its support for a lawsuit in Connecticut that sought to block trans athletes in the state from participating in girls' sports. Lawsuit was dismissed this week, and it was dismissed. It was dismissed on the grounds that the girls are no longer uh, participating in sports because they graduated, so there's no standing anymore. So I hate. I hate that court cases sometimes get kicked down the road. The courts didn't fucking decide this; they just dismissed the case because it didn't have standing. And if I remember correctly, uh, one of the plaintiffs actually ended up finishing ahead of the defendant at regionals or state or whatever the fuck. So, because they were claiming that it was unfair, but yet they finished ahead of the person they're fucking discriminating against. Also, that is one of the few instances, this this specific case is one of the few instances that right-wingers can actually point to. So far this year, legislators in at least 31 states have introduced bills that would exclude trans athletes from participating in sports that match their gender identity. 20 states have also introduced bills that would block trans youth from accessing gender-affirming care, such as puberty blockers. We need to make that uh, abundantly clear. You can't engage in uh, medical procedures when you're underage. Puberty blockers are not altering anything. They are puberty blockers and they are safe. They just prevent puberty, delay it. Exactly that. 
that's what they mean when they're talking about gender-affirming care. So on Wednesday, the same night that Biden addressed both houses of Congress uh, and the country, West Virginia Governor Jim Justice, a Republican, signed a bill into law to block trans girls and women, the target of much of this legislation, from playing at sports that correspond with their gender. Hours later, the Florida state legislator rammed through a ban to do the same. Zoom out further, and the current picture for LGBTQ plus people in the U.S. becomes even bleaker. State lawmakers have introduced more than 250, 250, once again, Alec, that's how they're able to turn out all these bills, more than 250 anti-LGBTQ plus bills this year, including the anti-trans bills. This is according to the Human Rights Campaign. The organization has declared that 2021 is set to become the worst year for LGBTQ state legislative attacks in recent memory. Chase Strangio, Deputy Director for Transgender Justice at the ACLU, told Vice News earlier this year before Biden took office that his administration could go after states that enact anti-trans laws in court as well as use federal funding as a cudgel. He absolutely should. Going through the, the, the Title IX and the Title Tens, I don't know exactly which ones apply. Title IX, there, there we go. We know that the Biden administration is going to take an aggressive and protective position on trans rights, said uh, Strangio. There's definitely a risk that states will either be sued by the federal government or put their Title IX funding at risk. The Biden administration has yet to sue over a single anti-trans bill passed this year, although it's early days for any litigation. Meanwhile, the Equality Act, a federal bill meant to expand LGBTQ rights and protections, has languished in the Senate since its passage in the House in February. On Wednesday, Biden urged... That might be another one of those things where they have to fucking get rid of the filibuster to pass it. Almost certainly. Because no goddamn way there's going to be right-wingers sign on to that one. We've got to get rid of the filibuster to make any progress. But the fact that he had to make that request at all... Hold on. Let me backtrack. Meanwhile, the Equality Act, a federal bill meant to expand LGBTQ rights and protections, has languished in the Senate since its passage in February. On Wednesday, Biden urged Congress to get the Equality Act to his desk so he could sign it. But the fact that he had to make that request at all reveals the Fed's lack of action on the topic. Biden had once promised to make enacting the Equality Act a top legislative priority in his first 100 days in office. A milestone he is now missed as of today I do believe so that will be an issue that I will definitely be on Biden's ass about going forward oh my god guys I found a new channel earlier today and I'm gonna send you there (laughs) if you were on twitch I'm going to go with you. We're not going to do politics here. Uh, If you are watching on Twitch, I'm going to send you over to Goat vs. Fish. 
Do you chime in, let them know whose side you're on, goat or fish. I'm going to hop in for a little bit. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sag. I am Justin Freegan. We will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live.